What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Speakeasy. This week is going to be super fun because we are making this think or sink in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. And I don't know how many of you know, but Lana and I both are Hispanic. So we are very excited to have a little celebration for this month. What are you drinking this week, Emily? I have a tequila sunrise. Um, I tasted it. I taste tested before we started and holy shit, it's strong. So we're good. We're on, we're on the path today. So what are you drinking? Uh, I made a pina colada, but you know, we'll see how it kind of turns out. I made this because many don't know it's actually from Puerto Rico. So it's a, one of those beautiful and delicious, you know, drinks that get you fucked up. (laughs) I love it. I also love your glass. For anybody who doesn't know, Lana has like a very good assortment of different like shaped glasses, which are always so fun. I thought it was really perfect for think or sink. Like yeah I love it like you're thinking it's the little light bulb light bulb goes on (laughs) it's so fun okay so um I would love to start this week off because I do have a question about Mexican alcohols Mexican liquors which falls into our theme um and it'll be a fun question to get us a little bit tipsy um other than tequila which of these liquors is made in Mexico with the same main ingredient agave is it gin or is it mezcal? I'm going to have to go with mezcal because I know that it's tequila's cousin and I'm, you know, like I just, it's one of my other favorite drinks. (laughs) (laughs) So I figured you would get this one, but I just thought like the way it's different is really interesting. So um, tequila and mezcal are almost identical in the way that they are distilled just because they're still for the same period of time. But, and they are both made from the agave plant, but the difference is, is that to keep, to make tequila, the agave is steamed and then put into copper pots for like to be distilled. Whereas mezcal is like cooked under the ground in like an earth, like bake, like earth oven essentially. And then it's pulled out and distilled in clay pots. So that's really where the difference in those two comes in. And I think it's really neat, so. Yes, definitely. Oh my God. I did not know all of that. Like I, I knew it was going to be mezcal, but I did not know that there was like a difference in how they were made. So that's probably why that, that has a different taste. The smoky little, if you've never tried mezcal, it's like a smoky kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say woodsy. Like I can't even give it like a real, I would almost say it's like thicker. Like something about it is like thicker. I don't know, like that may sound weird because like obviously like it's still like a sh- like shootable drink, but like it's, I don't know. I agree with you though. There's like that smoky kind of flavor to it. And I think that that has to do with like it being cooked instead of steamed, so. Yeah, my personal favorite is I've seen it mixed um, at like local bars with pineapple and it usually tastes great. So if you ever see like a mezcal pineapple mix, maybe try it out. I don't know. That's just a little tidbit, <laughs> a little tip for the listeners. Well, this one was kind of not like a give away for me because my co-host didn't know if I would know it or not, but I'm going to give her a semi giveaway just because I think it's a really important topic and something that we should talk about, especially, you know, regarding the month and what we are celebrating. So it is Hispanic and Latino Heritage Month, and a lot of people don't actually know what the difference between the two are. So Emily, do you know what the difference between Hispanic and Latino are? 
I do know what the difference is. So Hispanic means that there's a derivative to Spanish culture because the Spaniards came in and they colonized uh, parts of Central and South America. So it's basically the places that were colonized by Spain. And then Latin American or Latino or Latinx is um, everybody who's of like a Latin based descent in Central and South America. Uh, Latin Americans can be both, you know, from a Portuguese background, a Mexican ba or a Spanish background, things like that. So um, Latino kind of encompasses all, whereas Hispanic mainly or only encompasses the Spanish descended. Yes, she pretty much hit it right on the head, listeners. But just to give you guys a very clear vision of what that means, there are some countries that you know, only identify as Latino. And that is Brazil, French Guinea, Guadalupe, Haiti, Martiquin, St. Bartholomew, and St. Martin. And then there are some that qualify as both Latino and Hispanic, and that's Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Me Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Paraguay, Panama, <laughs> Peru, Puerto Rico, Uruguay, and Venezuela. And then the ones that are Hispanic, but do not are not Latin are of course, Spain, Brazil, or, or just Spain, sorry. And then the ones that doesn't include are the ones that I led, read off for Latino. So that's, I mean, a little bit, when you think about all those countries, it's like, oh my God, how do I keep up with all of that? But like, the only country in this area that is Hispanic, but not Latino, to put it this way, is Spain. And it's not, you know, it makes sense because it's not over here. It was a conqueror, like Emily said, whereas the others are either Latino purely because they're conquerors or I can't, what is it? Colonizers were not from um, Spain, but they're still part of Latin America, whereas the other ones were from Spain and they are part of Latin America. So just a little history. <laughs> and to go along with that, so listeners, like, you know, because we can't tell each other what our questions are going to be and because we can't like do that because we want to be as authentic as possible. I have a question that's very similar to it. So let's see who is paying attention. Um, which of these countries is not of Hispanic origin? Is it Chile, Brazil, or Peru? It is Brazil. And like uh, Emily kind of pointed to earlier, they are Portuguese from Portuguese uh, conquerors. And we can tell this because uh, Portuguese is the main language of Brazil. So it's an easy way to kind of call it out. <laughs> For anybody who's ever like who's a Spanish speaker, like I am not a, a Spanish speaker. I speak some Spanish. Um, but if you hear Portuguese and Spanish, people say like they sound very similar. I think that is the biggest false advertisement. They do not sound similar. They are not the same at all. Like they are very, very distinguishable from one another. So, I mean, if you went like to Argentina and then you popped over to Brazil for the day, you'd probably notice a huge difference in the way that they speak. I'm probably like off base, but for me personally, what I'll like compare it as is like, hearing um Portuguese is the same as hearing you know like in English like pig Latin like the words are kind of there you can piece it together but it's not like it doesn't just you can't just throw that at me and I'm gonna know what you're telling me exactly exactly much different 
All right, so that throws it back over to me. And I think that it is important to note that um, Hispanic Heritage Month is one that is celebrated here in U the US and it's supposed to be a celebration of Hispanic and Latino culture and what achievements and the type of, you know, just progression that has been made from our cultures. And I think that's really beautiful and really amazing. And uh, to get into that a little bit different though, I wanna talk about, because recently we had a census release, what percent of the U.S. population is made up of Hispanic or Latino Americans? Once again, uh, we have the same question, so I do in fact know it, but to start this off, I'm going to take a shot because we want to have a good time here. Let's shot. Okay, so <laughs> the answer to that question is um, 62 million people are, as of 2020, are of a Hispanic or Latino descent in the United States. And that number has grown substantially since the census began and since people started kind of recording the numbers of diverse populations in the United States. So it's awesome to see. It's awesome to know that, I mean, the whole point of America, right, is to be a melting pot. I mean, people come here from all over the world. People see this as a very good place to achieve the what we call American dream and Hispanic and Latino individuals have been doing that for a very long time. So to see that number grow um, is really awesome. I also read that like people born in the United States and like children are actually making that number increase as more people are, you know, having children and getting married to people of different races. So as that happens, we all kind of intermingle and it just becomes a bigger and bigger population. That's what happened to me. <laughs> and that's what happened to Lana. So I think it's really neat. Yeah, we are both multiracial um, or not maybe multiracial, but I know I'm multiracial. Um, people of Hispanic descent, but I know that that number was also in the census as a growing population in uh, 2020, which is, you know, crazy. And I think that one big thing to kind of like know about like that, and that's super weird, I don't know, weird to me, maybe just normal in general, but is that they can belong to any racial group. So you check like Hispanic and Latino, but you also check a race. So while we think about like, yes, this amount, like, you know, attributed um, their self to this, how many are white, I guess, um, presenting and how many are black presenting and like, what does that distinction kind of look like in America? Because <laughs> I don't really think I at least have seen any numbers of that. But I think that that's just one thing that I've always been curious or wanted to see like maybe represented better like on our census forms. Because well, and what's funny is like sitting here between the two of us, right? Like you so you say your race is black, but you say you're Hispanic and I say my race is white, but I'm Hispanic. So it's 50-50 at this, like as we sit here together, which I think is so neat that really people of Hispanic origin, it is such a like, it's such a constantly growing population. And really as any anything will tell you, any ethnicity will tell you as time goes on and as ethnicities begin to inter intermingle with one another, these populations just continue to grow. And I think it's really neat because you notice it everywhere. I mean, where where can you go that there's not some sort of Hispanic influence in what you see and what you're doing? All right. I mean, should I go for another question? Because technically we it was my question, but you also had it. So we just kind of presented it together. This is the this is I 
we have very similar brains, which is why we're best friends, but this is why it's hard to do trivia based questions um, and surprise each other. Well, also having a theme like this, like Hispanic Heritage Month, I mean, I feel like there are things that, like, I thought I went obscure. Clearly, I did not. Um, I was really hoping, like, doing something like Hispanic Heritage Month or anything that's historically relevant, I feel like it's very easy to fall into that trap of having the same questions because there are things that are really important that we need to share about these things. So, I mean, obviously, we ended up with the same stuff. <laughs> Well, I'll go ahead and go then, and we'll give it another spin. Um, so many people kind of know that the start of, you know, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month is September 15th, and actually September 16th, Mexico's Independence Day follows it, but there is a celebration that occurs on September 15th um, in Mexico to kind of also begin the commemoration of Hispanic Heritage Month. Do you know what the name of that celebration is, Emily? You know what? I don't think that I do. All right. Well, it's El Grito. So El Grito is practiced on September 15th, which is why a lot of people actually think that Hispanic, or not Hispanic, um, that Mexico's Independence Day is September 15th. It's actually September did I say September 15th? Yeah, September 15th, when it's actually September 16th, is because El Grito, which translates to the scream directly, um, goes, is held September 15th, usually at night in Mexico, and it is to commemorate, there was a priest who called to action and called, like, to arms to, like, rise up and fight up against, you know, the oppressors that were holding them down, and so that was, you know, really, like, a pivotal moment in, like, not only, I think, the kind of battles that were happening, but I think in like the Mexican spirits during that time where like religion is such such a big piece of Mexican culture, if you don't know that, like, but it's it's a huge piece. So having uh, a priest, you know, especially of your, you know, kind of area call to arms, it's like, oh yeah, like it's, I can't imagine, you know, just kind of, and that's one thing that I think is really mimicked throughout the streets and like, just like such a happiness and like, just like, oh my god like independence and so viva mexico but that is el grito and um so yeah very lesser known i think holiday but that is a part of this larger celebration okay so my next question um true or false it was george hw bush who was the first president to recognize a 30-day period in which to observe hispanic heritage in the united states I'll take a drink, even though I know the answer, which is true. Basically, before Hispanic Heritage Month became a 30-day observation period, before that, it was a week-long observation period that began in the 60s. And George H.W. Bush was also on that committee that saw, like, that pushed towards the Hispanic Heritage Week resolution that had people watching and observing the holiday, or the, not the holiday, it's not a holiday, but observing, like, the month or the week. And that was in 1968. And then when he became president, he pushed it to a full month long celebration of Hispanic heritage. So um, I find that really interesting. I think it's really neat, um, but who, you know, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, you totally called out what I was gonna say just about when he was in the House of Representatives piece also part of, you know, the initial process, which I was, you know, I was, I guess, he comes from Texas, right? So like, there's a pretty big Hispanic population there, which I'm sure plays a very big role in that. 
you know, oh, I have family in Texas and we always fight about where has the best Mexican food. And I always argue that yes, Texas has a massive like Hispanic population, but I do not think that um, Tex-Mex is authentic Mexican food. And we argue about that every single time I go there. <laughs> so fun fact. I mean, I am a hundred percent the same way. I don't have family in Texas necessarily, but like I live now like three hours away from Dallas, which is a big city. So I go there sometimes, you know, just to hang out, get to a bigger city and people, I'll ask people like, oh, where's good Mexican food? And they'll t tell me somewhere and I get there and it's Tex-Mex every time, every time. I don't get it. I just don't understand. It's not like, I don't want Tex-Mex. If I wanted that, I could eat that in Oklahoma, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So I have another question for you about the start of Hispanic Heritage Month. So kind of like I said earlier, um, Mexico's Independence Day is the 16th, um, but many people believe that it's the 15th because of, you know, the El Grito celebration. But there are actually a few countries that do have their Independence Day on the 15th, which is part of why it is the commemoration and the start of Hispanic Heritage Month. So do you know what five countries celebrate their independence day during that time? You don't have to name all five. I just figured like, if you can name one of the five, you're good. I suck. Okay, here's my thing. I suck. <laughs> and I was so like, I was so focused on everything to like sit down and read like the nitty gritty of it all. So now I'm like stressed. Um, you know what, you know what? Let's just throw one out there. Let's just throw something out there. Um, Colombia? No, Damn. sadly they are not one of the five. So go ahead and take a drink. Um, actually the five are Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. And then um, Chile is actually the 18th and Belize is the 21st. So just kind of following up there September is a very big month for a lot of those countries which makes sense as to why this is when the month starts and why we observe it when we do and why Cinco de Mayo is not not Mexican Independence Day in case anybody was curious it's not <laughs> it never has been so that's yeah true. we touched base on that in a previous episode it is you know special to a certain province in Mexico and there is one province in Mexico who observes and celebrates it but but it is not Mexican Independence Day. So if you wanna learn more about that, go back to one of our other episodes that we'll link in the description because I can't remember which number it is right now. <laughs> love it, love it. This is what happens when you start taking shots really early. Um, okay, so my next one is true or false. Americans of Mexican descent make up more than 80% of the nation's overall Hispanic population. Ooh, that's a good one because I like want to say yes because I know that Mexicans account for a pretty high percentage, but I thought it was closer to like 60. Um, 80 is so high, but then it's also like thinking about the amount of people born now and like there's like a lot more third generation. Oh god, oh this is hard. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say false. You are right and you know what you hit it right on the head it is 60%. So 60% of the um, Hispanic population in the United States is of Mexican descent. Lana and I are both part of that 
Um, I have actually known people from Argentina. I've known people from a lot of other Hispanic countries and I think it's really interesting. Um, however, I do agree with Lana. It is a very, very large part of the Hispanic population in the United States is Mexicans. Um, and that's primarily what you think of, I feel like when you think of Hispanic, but what people forget to think of is how many countries really are in Central and South America and our islands that fall under that like umbrella of Hispanic cultures and countries. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, me, myself, like I um, identify mo as Mexican, but I have like some of my cousins, you know, like their parents were of different countries. And so I have some Puerto Rican cousins. I have some cousins that are Colombian, like they're like, even within my family, there's like a nice mix of different kind of blends going on. Everybody dipped their toes in different waters. <laughs> you know what? I used to work, um, I used to work like summer jobs and this one time I worked at this uh financial firm and one of the employees was El Salvadorian um her and her family migrated to the United States when she was in her like 20s um and she would always get so upset because people would be like oh Mexican like you're you know you speak Spanish you're from Mexico and she's like no I'm not from Mexico like my family's not from Mexico I am not from Mexico like she was always like very frustrated and I can understand that because guess what? Yes, it is a big population, but it is not all of the population. And that, you know, goes again to, there are so many variations of the Hispanic culture. Like Lana said, they expand in your families and everywhere has its very distinctive cultural identity as well. Um, they may not be all the same, like they are not the same place and they may all be under the same parent country of Spain, but they are not all the same. They are very different. And if you go to different places, you notice that difference. And I think that that's what's really also kind of beautiful about the Hispanic culture is that no matter where you go, you find different places and different things that are kind of similar, but they all take on their own identity in these different places. Yes. All right. I think I have my last question of the night for you since we had one of the same ones. Um, wow, crazy. But kind of like I referenced earlier, Hispanic Heritage Month is not only a celebration of Independence Days and things of that sort, but it's really a celebration of Mexican, not Mexican, it's really a celebration of Hispanic and Latino American culture and kind of like the um, things that, you know, we don't really commemorate or like talk about like icons or things of that sort. And my next question for my co-host is based upon that. So, Barbie recently announced two commemorative dolls to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Who are the two Latin icons that they used? Oh my God. I literally saw that my station put a story out about this and I didn't open it up. I saw it. It was really neat. Um, is one Selena Quintanilla? I feel like it has to be, right? One of them has to be her. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm a big fan of Selena. <laughs> um you know what I don't know okay well go ahead and take a shot because Selena is not one even though I agree I totally adore Selena oh. so I think that that would uh maybe that's next to Hispanic Heritage Month we can we can anticipate that but it is actually Celia Cruz and Julia Alvarez. Um, so Celia Cruz is deemed the queen of salsa. She is an Afro-Cuban performer, and she was just known for her voice and her vibrant stage presence. She was like, you know, the queen of salsa. I mean, I say that, and you obviously have to know that she was very important. So 
very exciting. And then the second is Julia Alvarez, who is an author. Um, she is known for, or, and she's Dominican American, and she's known for writing a ton of books, especially expressing, you know, kind of those bounds between American and Hispanic culture. So she is someone that I think you should check. I mean, these are both women that you should check out if you don't know much about them. One thing to know is that these are commemorative dolls. So it was kind of just Barbie's way of saying like, hey, like we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, but they are not available for sale. So don't think that you can run to your nearest store and go grab these. They will not be available for you. Um, but I believe even Celia Cruz, or not Celia Cruz, sorry, um, but I believe Julia Alvarez responded in a tweet and was like, oh my god, like who would have thought like I would be a Barbie someday? Like this is Could crazy. you imagine? Okay, for real. Like, no. <laughs> could you imagine becoming a Barbie? Like somebody commemorating you in Barbie form? Like I'd freak out. I'd be so excited. Like I remember when I was little, Barbies, like obviously Barbies were such a huge thing for every generation of girl. Like I feel like everybody had Barbies, but when I was younger, I would always get really frustrated because there was never like, you know, a Barbie with like, you know, all like tanner skin, but like dark hair. And I always wanted a Barbie that looked like me. And since then, like Barbies have kind of evolved and they've changed over time. And I think that that's just one of many things that are starting to kind of make that transition into being very diversified in how they represent people and, you know, girls, especially like when you're growing up, you want to see people who look like you and who make you feel seen and represented. And I think that that's really neat a Barbie to do to have these commemorative dolls. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I know for me specifically, like Celia Cruz was like the shit. And then when like someone not only like my family really loved, but my mom like loved fucking Celia Cruz. So like just seeing somebody that like was so I think iconic within my household become like iconic to the rest of the world or like at least known like even if she's not iconic like even if they don't you know kind of like look up and like really realize her contributions it's like they know her name now and that's pretty fucking cool yeah that's that's super dope i love that i want to see her cost like the costume that they put her in now like i feel like that'd be really neat like i i'm gonna look it up after this and go see like what they look like yeah i'm pretty sure they put her in like a red like one of her signature you know outfits. love it Go check it out, guys. All well, right. I am out of questions because of our little run-in with our questions having each other. <laughs> so I am out of questions. This was so fun, though. And I learned a lot. I hope Lana learned something. I hope everybody listening learned something. And I think that these episodes that we do that are commemorating different um, things going on in the United States to commemorate different diversity, like different ethnicities, different races. I hope that you guys enjoy them as much as we do. I think that we've had a great time. You know, we celebrated Juneteenth here. We're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. And we're going to continue to do that just because I think that we have such a great time learning about these things ourselves. And I think we love being able to help everybody else learn about these things. So um, definitely, 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 we will continue to do this. Yes, I think that I've learned so much tonight. And I think it's just a topic that needs some more exposure. You know, like we should be having these conversations more regularly. It's more regularly. Um, <laughs> we shouldn't in 2021 be wondering what the difference between Hispanic and Latino are. I'm sorry, but like we're here to educate you. We're here to, you know, talk about that together. But I think at a point, like there needs to be some more, some more depth in the conversation um, so with that said 
I think this was the perfect segue in ThinkerSync. We hope that you've had a little fun, started thinking about this, and maybe want to do your own research into to what kind of this is and what it means. And I want to just point out that anyone can celebrate this month, and you can really do that by reading books by authors of Hispanic or Latino origin, watching movies about Hispanic or Latino culture, um, especially by you know directors um, of those cultures find out what local events are kind of happening near you to celebrate. I'm sure in most big cities there are one. And, you know, just kind of, I think another way, um, not really tied to, but maybe in a more consumer way is shop Latino. Find those shops near you, find those businesses near you. Um, even if it's not something that you have the availability to spend money on right now, maybe share their things if you like them or, you know, promote them on your stories. I think that there is so much that you can do as, you know, not only uh, Latino people, but people of not those ethnicities to kind of partake and enjoy and celebrate this wonderful uh, celebration holiday commemoration. I totally agree. And my favorite thing to do, find some recipes, find some recipes from different places, cook yourself up some food, go out to eat at some really like great authentic places, places that are owned by people of Latino or Hispanic ethnicity like people who are of the ethnicity and get really familiar with them I mean it's delicious if any if nobody's tried it it's delicious like and there are so many different kinds of places and there are so many different you know business owners who are now trying to incorporate their lives and their what they feel is like home to them and I promise you if you go to those places they'll make you feel like you're home also so that's my favorite part of celebrating this culture and this identity is eating some delicious food. So Lana, like Lana said, participate in art and books and all of those things and also eat some great food. And with that, I totally finished my drink for the night, guys. So stay informed. Stay informed. Cheers. Cheers.